today we start with a lesson from Bob Proctor. Well then, welcome. This is Bob Proctor. I want to talk to you for a moment about strategies for altering paradigms. Do you know, a paradigm can cause us enormous problems because it's causing our results. And if the results aren't what we want, we don't understand that those results are really being motivated by paradigms. We may never change the results. And most people go through their life and they never do change the results. They try and change everything under the sun, but they don't realize if they want to change the results, they have to change themselves. If they're going to change themselves, what part of themselves do they have to change? They have to change their subconscious conditioning. That's what they have to change. That is the paradigm. Paradigm is nothing but a group of habits that are programmed into the subconscious mind that control our behavior. Now think of this. Your behavior causes your results. If you want to change the results, don't look outside of yourself. Don't say it's the economy, it's the boss, it's my spouse, it's none of those things. It's something inside and it's called a paradigm. How do you change it? Well, first of all, you start out with the result you want to change. Let's say you want to get up on time. You're always sleeping in. That's a very simple result. A lot of people have a problem with. How do we do that? Well, we take a look at what causes us to sleep in. It's an idea in our subconscious mind that just keeps us hitting snooze, staying in bed, not getting out of bed. So we say, I want to change that result. Well, write out exactly the negative result that you're getting. I'm forever sleeping in. I'm always late. I never get up. I hit snooze when I set an alarm. Write that out. Then ask yourself, what is the polar opposite to that? And write it out in the present tense as an affirmation. I am so happy and grateful now that when I wake up, I get up. That's it. I am so happy and grateful now that when I wake up, I get up. And you write that out a hundred times a day. I know your intellect logic is going to tell you this is silly. It won't work. Well, you try it. Write out a hundred times a day. I'm so happy and grateful now that when I wake up, I get up. And write that a hundred times a day for about 30 days. I'll guarantee you, you'll hit quit the snooze button. You know what you've done? You've programmed a new idea in your mind and it takes over. The old idea dies for a lack of nourishment. You're not feeding it any longer. See, the old idea was a habit. You're in the habit of boom, hit the snooze button, stay in bed, go back to sleep. And what you've done is you've programmed in a new habit that's essentially the opposite to the old. The old dies for a lack of nourishment because you've kept feeding the new one. And write it out 100 times a day, present tense. I'm so happy and grateful now that when I wake up, I get up. And mentally see yourself. The second you wake up, your feet hit the deck, you stand up, you're out of bed, and then you stay out of bed. You give that a whirl. If it works for that, it'll work for everything. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck? Like you're doing all the work, but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, 
you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. My name is Jake, and I just thought I'd start today off with a lovely little lesson from Bob Proctor, the late Bob Proctor. Um, he has taught me so much in my time and in my journey, and he really, really does have a lot of a lot of wisdom to share. Um, the things I want to talk about today, I think this is going to be a summary of um, like the... A, a solution to what I um, wanted to talk about today. So um, what I want to talk about today, first of all, today I'm grateful. My gratitude, as per usual, let's check, chuck some gratitude into the chat. Today I'm grateful for lessons. Today I'm grateful for having the ability to discuss with uh, my mentor and, um, you know, people around me and my, my network that I can really, I guess, try and dissect some of the issues that continue to arise. We have, I'm sure most people on this call can relate. Uh, check some ones in the chat. If you find that you are at a state where we were talking about levels of learning and, you know, when you're at that conscious incompetence, which is where you know where your mistakes are, um, but you kind of find yourself getting stuck here where you're doing the same things over and over again and you just can't seem to break that habit and you just keep repeating the same mistakes and you can't figure out why you keep repeating those same mistakes and it's just all frustrating as hell. Um, but you end up realizing that as you make this growth, you, for some reason, keep doing this habitual behavior and it keeps returning. And even though you know that's not the wrong thing to do, you can't seem to break that cycle. So chuck someone's in the chat if that's you. Um, I think that's a very big problem within the trading community. Sometimes we get to a certain level and we've learned a bunch of things, um, but we keep getting stuck in this same hypnotic rhythm of behavior where we're doing the same kind of thing over and over again. And I really want for those of us that are in that to find a way to break out of that. And I truly believe that as Bob Proctor just said, it comes from the subconscious paradigm shifts. We need to find a way to shift that paradigm because what we're doing is we have a belief system in place that's kind of that default mode network. It's our fallback and that's the behavior and habit that we return to. And so let's say there's something not quite right or we're a little bit off or um, maybe we're a bit unsure about something. If we haven't made a decision 100%, then we fall back to this behavior. We fall back to the default mode network, the subconscious behavior. And this is where we need to shift that paradigm so that that belief and that behavior is now changed for good so that when something happens or when we're not hundred percent or when that behavior sort of wants to resh like resurface, it's now changed to something that's positive for us and not something that's negative so that we're not continuing to do the same mistake and the same habit or the same routine. But now what we're doing is something slightly different. And this is the real key, I think, to unlocking these changes within where you are now and where you want to be. You know, Bob Proctor just said, it's the results that we're getting. If we, Sorry, with the results that we're getting, if we want them to be different, we have to change who we are. We have to change the mind. We have to change the paradigm that we have that is forcing us to do these certain sets of behaviors. So I'm really grateful today for having the ability to chat with people who can help me understand this better and to really try and dive deeper into figure out where it is that lies this belief or habitual behavior that I need to start to shift. Okay. Um, 
And one thing that I continued my research on today uh, and yesterday was what this actually comes from. And one thing that I found, I think, is this idea of conflict, okay? So we have multiple times a day a decision to make, what, no matter what it is. And there, the, it, with this, it creates a conflict, and there's certain types of conflict. So what I'm going to talk about today is conflict and the importance of making a decision and how that decisiveness can really help us in, in multiple areas. Um, and that's what Bob Proctor was, again, just talking about, the decision, let's say, to wake up and get out of bed when your alarm goes off or whether you're going to hit snooze and repeat that. So I'm going to use that example. But just before I continue on, we're going to chuck, chuck, check the we're going to check the chat for gratitude. There we go. Grateful it's Thursday already. Um, I could have slept another hour at least. There we go. Kind of a um, coincidence in, in conversation there. Good morning. I'm grateful for all the wonderful family time I've had this past week. That's lovely. I'm grateful for the color, weather, and rain. Um, I'm grateful for the rain as my garden was in need of some moisture. I'm grateful for weighted blankets. Oh, lovely. I had a great sleep last night. I'm grateful for this community. Um, yeah, so grateful for people getting involved and um, actually engaging in the community here. So when we're talking about conflict, there's three main types and there has been more types added. And, you know, as, as time goes on, there, there's levels of these but i'm going to go just a bit of a surface level because you know i'm not a psychologist but back in back in 1931 kurt lewin lervin lewin sorry i'm butchering his name i do apologize um he came up with these ideas of different types of conflict and we have approach approach conflict avoidance avoidance conflict and approach avoidance conflict okay so approach approach con conflict is when you basically have to choose between two great choices now one example i heard of this was let's say you've got two friends who are inviting you out on a friday night and they're both like hey come with me i want to let's go do this or the other one's like hey i've got this thing planned like we're going out now you're stuck in a, a position here where you have to choose between good options you either have to take one option and go here, make some kind of um, compromise between them. Maybe you can say, hey, like, could we change it? Or, you know, can we do something different? Or you have to choose between the other one. So there's this bit of conflict in the air at the moment where you have to either decide and maybe let one down or decide and let the other one down or use communication to come up with a compromise so that everyone can be, be happy. Okay. And I'll go on to the concept of compromise and and conflict, I guess, and how if we don't address it, it can be internalized in a bit. But before we do that, let's go to the next one, which is avoidance, avoidance conflict. So this is where you have to choose between two shitty op options, really. It's like, um, I don't know, maybe you really don't want to go exercising, and you're, but you know it's good for you. So it's like, do I want to go running today or do I want to go to the gym? You know, maybe I prefer running, but it's raining outside and my body's sore, so I don't really want to go to the gym. And you're stuck between, okay, both of these don't sound like the best option, but I know it's actually kind of good for me. So I'm going to choose one of them. Now, this is that avoidance avoidance, choosing between two shit options. Approach avoidance is kind of choosing something which has both a good outcome and a bad outcome. And I want to talk more about this. And it's not so much a bad outcome, but maybe it's struggle to get to the good outcome. And there was an experiment done with rats. You know, I often talk about rat experiments. Um, where they put a rat at the end of a very long maze and at the end was food. So that was the approach. But as it got closer to the food, 
this shock started to set in. Okay. So it was getting a shock. And so it's like, oh, I want food. So you start going towards it. And then it's like, oh, this shock's uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to go through this barrier to actually get the food. Is the food worth more than the shock? I don't know. And you sort of back off and that's the avoidance. And so approach, avoidance, approach, avoidance. And this is conflict between your decision point where you go, do I want to just go for the cheese and get it? Or do I want to back off and, and screw the cheese? The shock's, shock's too much. So I'm not going to go for that. And this is this conflict. And we have these certain areas in, in our life all the time. And we really need to, I think the key aspect is making the decision and making the decision quickly and sticking with it. And this is the overall um, idea behind what I kind of wanted to get out today. But this idea of conflict in everyday situations ends up leaving us with this decision fatigue, leaving this in this turmoil, leaving us in this like no man's land, really, when we don't decide, when we don't make decision and go for it, we end up in this no man's land. And what happens is environment always wins. Okay. And so if we don't make the decision, the environment's always going to just continue on doing what it's doing. And we're going to end up doing what the environment is making us do. Okay. So how is this relative to trading? Well, every time think about it on a macro level. Okay. The avoid, the approach is I'm going to have time freedom. I'm going to have all the money I want. I can be able to do what I want. I'm going to be completely autonomous. I'm going to have, you know, time with my friends, time with my family, money coming in. I'm only going to have to work an hour a day. That sounds great. But the avoidance is, getting on the charts and repeatedly losing money or getting on the charts and having this um, internal conflict again on a, on a more micro level of what am I doing wrong? How do I, what do I need to do better? Like, what can I learn? Um, what steps do I need to take to improve? Is this really for me? All this like self narrative that lots of people have, this is that avoidance. And so we're going to have this conflict of, do I keep pushing through and is the final outcome worth more than the struggle that I've got now? Or is it too much? Am I going to back off? So this is the overall macro approach avoidance conflict within trading. And I think that if we go down to a more micro scale, we have the same with individual trades, you know, we have, okay, I've got an opportunity right now to enter a trade. The avoidance is the, the approach is like, yeah, sweet. I can see it's going to make money. And, and I really like that. And the avoidance sorry the approach is I, I can make money i can like i really like that the avoidance is possibly i'm going to lose money i don't like that but if you don't have an issue with the money side maybe it's i, I might lose another trade and my ego can't take that or the other side is maybe i might lose another trade and, and then the reality is i don't know what what i'm doing so there's these aspects of approach yes i'm going to make money great or I'm one step closer to passing a challenge or I'm, you know, whatever it is for you, usually financial, because that's the whole point we're in here. And then there's this avoidance, right? And we need to understand what the avoidance is and how we're getting that and where it's coming in from you. This is what I was talking about just the other day with the ethos, legos, and um, pathos from your artistic proofs. You know, what is it for you individually? Is it a combination of them? Is it an individual aspect? What is it for you that's creating this avoidance when, when trading? And what is it for you that you feel is maybe creating this little bit of conflict when entering? And ideally, we want to get to the stage where there is no conflict. You know, we're taking the inartistic proofs, I think it is, and we're just going off facts and evidence and detail. And so there's no need to have this battle within. There is no need for the conflict. And I think if you are having conflict or you're having this um, internal battle of should I enter, should I not, this is what we need to focus on. Why are you having these and how can we get over them? Okay. And this is going to be um, really difficult for like people pleasers, you know, people who 
conflict avoidance. So if you are like, put some ones in the chat, if you think you're a people pleaser, or if you know that you, you don't like conflict, you avoid, you want to avoid conflict at all costs, because I know that I was definitely like that when I was younger. Um, I definitely wanted to make people happy. Like when my parents separated, I wanted to look after my sister first. I wanted to make sure my mom wasn't too upset. My dad wasn't too upset. And I always put myself last in how I'm feeling. Okay. And I was making sure that everyone around me was happy. And then I'd look after myself. And over time, I'm learning to develop and grow and become comfortable with conflict. Now it doesn't have to be, I'm going to go yell at my neighbor just because I want to, but if something's pissing me off, I'm going to say it in a nice way that we can just address the issue upfront. And I think this is if you can pick up on these behaviors in the rest of your life, I think overall, in every aspect, this is going to be beneficial for you, okay? Understanding that conflicts sometimes need to happen. If you want to be a boss, if you want to be a leader, if you want to be a manager, you're going to have to fire people at some stage. If there's two people arguing, you're going to actually have to deal with it. I'm sure all parents out here, if you've got kids that are arguing, you're going to have to deal with the conflict and be like, hey, no, this is enough. Maybe if, you've got, if you're a single parent and the kid's just annoying you to a point, you just have to say something and and understand to a certain level that, hey, actually, this is actually annoying me. Can we can we do something different right now? But for some reason, we don't do that with other relationships. Some people never do it with their partner. And what happens is this resentment builds up, it manifests, and then it grows. And then people end up having divorces because they haven't said the small thing that happens to them 10 years ago. And now it's boiled into this huge manifested pain point And then they just explode. Okay. It happens all the time. Same with like the little things at work. So there's something that you're neighbor sitting next to you is doing maybe they tap really loudly or chew really loudly and you have that phobia you say nothing and then you're frustrated at the chewing and then when they get up in a certain way that bugs you and then maybe if they sniffle that bugs you and then by the end of the, the month you've got a list of 100 things that are pissing you off about this person and you just want to throttle them even though you could have just said hey would you mind not chewing that so loud it just it just bugs me a little bit or you know maybe we can switch spots or something like that so you're facing the other way something so small and insignificant which was the initial conflict can deplete all the ongoing rest of it and we need to address this and be like if i'm a people pleaser and i hate conflict then what's happening with me on the charts okay what's happening in the in instantaneous moment when a trade is setting up and i'm scared of this conflict okay because you're going to have this internal conflict every single time if you're well Ideally, we don't, but I believe that at the start, we will have this internal conflict. Should I enter? Should I not? I don't know. Is this the right one for me? Is it not? This is where a trading plan comes in handy, right? You need to follow it. But perhaps you're not following a trading plan because you're like, oh, maybe my trading plan isn't as good. Maybe I don't trust myself enough. Maybe I just need to like go out on a whim here and, and do this because that way I can get the money. And we, we're associate, we're focusing on the wrong things, but then we're having this indecision moment. And I think that indecision moment is the worst possible thing we can have. And so we need to address this. Okay. You need to be able to say what you want when you want. You need to like, don't allow things to build up and don't allow indecision to keep, to keep, to be your choice. Like you can choose to go left. You can choose to go right. But if you don't do anything, imagine you're driving in a car and there's a fork in the road. You can either choose to go left. You can choose to go right. But if you decide to do nothing, you're going to plow straight into the middle. This is this indecision. This is this conflict avoidance. You might be going, Oh, I don't want to go left because what if right is better? I don't want to go right because someone told me maybe left and do I trust them enough? Like what, what's their, ethos what's what's the characteristics should you know what if i go the other way will they be upset that i didn't listen to them all these internal conflicts that we have in the moment these are the things that are going to hold us back and like i said if you're driving straight and you don't make a choice the environment is going to choose for you and it's usually going to be the ugly messy one so we need to find out what is it with us and now this might not be for everyone but i know that a lot of people that i speak to especially those people who say that they're, they're carers they're, they give to everyone they do all these things they don't avoid they don't like conflict 
as such. These are the ones also telling me that they're making the same mistakes over and over again. They can't figure out why the fuck they keep doing it and it's annoying them. And I totally understand. So this is what we want to try and figure out is how can we make that shift? And as Bob Proctor said, it's that paradigm shift you need to make. And the example we used at the start was I want to get out of bed. So my alarm goes off, boom, instantaneous moment of conflict. Okay, I know that it, what's good for me is getting up and, and doing the things early, but it's bloody cold outside and I don't want to get up and I'm so tired because I didn't sleep very well. And oh my God, it's maybe just easier. I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, uh, environment, you're already snugly warm in bed. You don't make that decision. What's going to happen? Eventually, you're just going to fall back asleep and go, oh, that was the easiest option. I'm just going to stay with that. Path of least resistance is to stay in the environment. Same on the charts, okay? The path of least resistance is to do what you naturally do. If you are a greedy person, or maybe you're trading from desperation, or maybe you're trading from a point where you're like, I need this money. What's going to happen when a moment of indecision, you're going to go, ah, let's just go anyway, because I don't want to be out. I don't want to be out if it does go. Now, the flip side to that, if you're fearful, if you're like, I, I really, I just want to keep all my money. I'm really scared of taking capital. Like, no, no, no. Like, do not want to hit the button. If that's, if that's your state that you're in when learning, then this indecision, I don't know what to do. You know what? I'm not even going to bother. Now, there are arguments for both. Um, I definitely think that being a fearful trader is easier to sort of creep in because you're not losing capital than being a greedy trader and losing capital, losing capital, losing capital because it's much more painful. But they both have um, a negative aspect to it where if you don't take any trades, you're never going to make any money. And if you do take a trade and then it moves up and you're scared of it turning around, you're going to move it too quickly and you're not going to let the runners run. So there is a fear and a greed like extremity and we need to move it into the middle but more importantly is making the decision and making the decision very quickly and just sticking with it don't go yeah i'm gonna i'm not gonna enter this trade at all and then oh it's actually that's a decent bearish engulfing candle and maybe you know what uh actually i'm just gonna okay now we're back in that indecision now we're back in this conflict moment and what's happening is that uh, uh, uh there is an approach and an avoidance happening on both sides and you're trying to decide which one's more valuable to you the approach or the avoidance this internal conflict. So how do we overcome this? Well, it's making that decision and making it strong and sticking with it, okay? You need to just go for what you truly want and stick with that. And you know what? If you make the wrong decision, it does not matter because you can be proud inside that you have done the thing. And over time, this repetition is going to be the thing that shifts that paradigm. It's going to be the thing that makes your behaviors start to adjust. And if you can just like make the decision and stick with it, that's going to be the, the stepping stone to making the decision and sticking with it. And then you're realizing actually this decision in this moment over the X amount of times has not worked out for me. While I'm not in the moment, I'm going to decide that next time I'm actually going to go left instead of right, because I've gone right, 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 right. And from the data that I've got, right has not paid out for me. So now I'm going to make the decision. Next time this approaches, I'm going to go left. And this is the time where you've had 50, 100 trades and you think your trading plan's not quite working, you can tweak it for you. Okay, maybe you've been trading it for three months, four months, and you've been really disciplined with it because you've made that decision, you've stuck with it. Then and only then you can go, right, what's working, what's not? How can I can I adjust this? Okay. And this conflict avoidance, like I was saying before, like for me, it can come from childhood trauma. It can come from, you know, lots of back trauma and and history that you've you've kind of built up but we need to start to shift these paradigms and that's you know bob proctor's advice was to write it out as if now 100 times for 30 days and you know what even though it might sound ridiculous and even though it might sound monotonous is that monotonous didn't get that word right uh, even though it might sound rep repetitive it's going to be worth it because i would love 
to be able to say that you write the same thing 100 times for 30 days in a row and your whole life's going to be different. But you know what? Even if you do that, do the exact thing and actually do it and it's not, what have you lost? Nothing. Maybe 15 minutes a day. And to me, 15 minutes a day for 30 days is so worth the ability to change the paradigm inside me that is withholding me from the absolute freedom and brilliance that trading can provide. What is it that you're willing to sacrifice? And for me, 15 minutes a day to write that out, if that's the thing that's holding you back, is definitely worth it. You know, an hour a day on the charts, two hours a day, an hour a day on the charts, at half an hour afterwards going through and analyzing and half an hour of doing extra learning. You know, we can do this repetitively over and over again. We can make change. But if we, our behaviors and our paradigm and our mind is stuck in a certain spot, and Bob Proctor, who absolute legend in my mind, suggests writing out the same thing 100 times for 30 days and see if your paradigm shifts, well, to me, that is a very, very minimal sacrifice to make in order to see huge change, okay? And as I saw in the chat here, you know, I keep breaking promises to myself. I so need to hear this over and over and over. And it's so true because I've been doing the same thing. I will say something to myself because this is what I know logically. As soon as my emotions come in, I break that promise to myself and I do what I think is best, even though I know that that is wrong afterwards. I'm like, why did I do that again? Remember, I said this before, always stay true to your word, especially to yourself. We really need to start shifting these beliefs within us that are making us do the same habitual patterns over and over again, okay? We've got to stop avoiding conflict because avoiding conflict becomes internalized conflict. You know, if we avoid the conflict of one thing, let's go back to the example of the two people going out. Like we avoid the conflict, we internalize it because now, okay, I haven't said anything because I don't want to upset the person, but now I've got the internal, the conflict has just moved within me to make that decision. Now I'm like, oh, did I upset them? Did I do the right thing? Am I actually really happy with this? Maybe I would have preferred to go the other way, but I'm glad I haven't upset them. And so now you've got this internal conflict. Now you're acting different towards someone. Now they, they can probably read that there's something going on because you've got the internal conflict. It hasn't just disappeared. It's been internalized, okay? If you're a people pleaser and you're always afraid of conflict, this is what's going to happen. Now you can become great at constructive conflict. You do not have to, <laughs> oh my God, me and a shell. Yeah, right. I think lots of people can relate to this. People who are making the same mistakes are people who can probably relate to these things. <laughs> me in a nutshell, I love that. Well, sorry for you, because, but I can relate. Um, become great at constructive conflict. You don't have to have conflict just because you're angry or mad at someone. You can have conflict in a constructive way that helps benefit both parties, okay? This idea of decision fatigue that we spoke about, this is greatly reduced by quickly making a decision and stick with it, sticking with it. Because if you go, I've made this decision, I'm sticking with it, you don't have to then waste your energy on deciding on each and every candle. Like for example, price might shoot up at market open and you might go, you know what? Today I'm going to wait until it pulls back to the aqua so I can trade with the trend. From that decision, now if you've stuck with that decision 100% and you've made that decision, then you don't need to watch each and every candle paint as it pulls back down or continues up. You just need to wait without any thought or emotion towards what's happening on the, ch the charts until it's come back down, hit reach the aqua, and then you can go back into trade analysis mode. Okay, do I see something that matches my trading plan? That's when you can go back into that and that's when you can take off again. But until that happens, what's the point, right? This same as like, should I be trading today or should I not? How many of you have had the thought of like, oh, I shouldn't really trade today. You know what? I'm not feeling it. And then it gets closer to market open. Or tomorrow you're like, oh, I've got so much on, I'm not going to trade. I know a lot of you wake up in the morning, then you kind of get to the morning, you're like, oh, actually, I don't want to miss out. What if they have a really good day and I've missed that? I'm going to feel like I've missed out. That FOMO is going to come in. So therefore, what do you do? You have that 
conflict avoidance. You you go against what you said you were going to do. You jump on the charts. And then most of the time during those times where you know you've already said you shouldn't be, you don't have the best day. It's a liberating feeling to say, I'm not going to jump on the charts tomorrow because I've got X, Y, Z. And then have the time freedom that you've given yourself and not actually do it. Just stay off. Like it's that simple. But for some reason, it's not. It's like that adrenaline rush. Well, yeah, exactly. So these emotions, like the adrenaline, the the dopamine, all these things that the chemicals that are making you like want this, those are the things we need to reduce because those are the things creating the bad behaviors. Okay, there's seven quick points I'm going to flick through really quickly because we run out of time. But things that you can help with this is reframing your verbiage. Okay, do you have an emotional attachment to certain words? If a certain word triggers you and makes you like, oh my God. Do some research on that word. Find out why it's triggering you. Find out what the emotional attachment behind it is and why it makes you so like whatever it is because you shouldn't be, be manipulated by words. Words are words for communication. If you got manipulated by a certain word or a certain phrase, then that means that there is some kind of emotional attachment to that for you and you need to figure out what that is because what's the worst thing is when you're just sitting in a room or, or you're listening to something and then all of a sudden that word gets triggered and you get triggered and you fire off and all of a sudden you're in an emotional state. You're really in a in a vulnerable position to the environment if you have these emotional triggers to words, okay? Prioritize honesty over everything else. Yes, you may offend some people sometimes, but you know what? In the long run, it's going to be beneficial that you're open and honest because then there's no hiding, there's no internal conflict, there's no um, later confrontation, there's no resentment buildup. A support network that respects you and does not avoid conflict. Someone that can be honest with you and open with you and tell you the harsh truth because sometimes you know what? People need to fucking hear the truth and it hurts, but deal with it because that's what good friends are for. Okay. Friends you have around that you can talk to. Remember, I was talking about it yesterday. Different friends for different reasons and different scenarios. You can also lean into your weaknesses. Remember, I've said in the past, cozy up to your obstacles. That comes from Bruce Lee. Um, you know, the ethos, pathos, let logos. What are these artistic proofs? Where are your weaknesses? What are the obstacles? What is it in you that the emotion is making you kind of do one thing or the other? Snuggle up to that, find out why it's doing it, and really lean into it. Okay. Again, personal mind games, certain hacks that you can do for yourself. I often recommend physiological changes. So if you're having a decision, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, and you know that you're greedy, why don't you switch, go left instead of right and go, I'm just going to stay out. I'm going to get up, make a physiological change because I'm obviously not being decisive right now and I'm not doing the thing that I know I should be doing. Number six, make a plan when entering conflict. If we know that every time we get onto the chart, there's going to be this in instantaneous moment of conflict that we have to make a decision left or right, or we have to make a decision yes or no, or buy or sell, why don't we make a plan? Oh, trading plan. That's exactly what it's for. So we just follow the trading plan and then we can avoid that conflict, right? That's what they're there for. Number seven, be ready to engage in conflict. Don't, if you know that there's going to be conflict or something, just be ready for it. You don't have to be scared of it. You don't have to run away from it. You don't have to be a people pleaser and be like, ah, conflict, someone hide, hide me. I don't want to be here. No, just accept the fact that sometimes that's going to happen. Grow up and deal with it, okay? Sometimes we're going to have to hit it face first. We're going to just have to be okay with these things. Be comfortable with it, but be comfortable with it in a rational and reasonable way and learn how you behave in those situations. And I think if you can do that, you can be much more decisive and not so re reactive, shall I say. All right, we've shot way over time. I apologize. I just wanted to finish those things off. But for everyone listening, um, let's make sure you got your trading journals out in front of you, ready to write. Make sure that you've done your brain warm up. Make sure that you are listening. Uh, make sure that you have read through your trading plan. You know exactly what lot size and calculations and stuff you are doing or you are needing for today. And yeah, much love. Like I said, like, comment, share, follow, um, send it to one other person that you think might need this because I feel like this is actually very useful and lots of people suffer from this exact thing. And remember to be decisive, make your decision and stick to it on the charts. Okay. Much love everyone. Speak to you again soon. Traders, let's go get some points. Oh, lastly, I'm going to be taking next week off. I've decided I want to break. So next week there will be no mindset call. Okay. Just for the week.
All right. Bye, everyone.